When we look at the history of film, we see two things happening. One is sort of the call and response of how people want to see film. An excellent example is the actualities of the 1890s. We're just capturing moments of people's lives. A train pulling into a station, workers leaving a factory. You could attach a camera to the front of a subway train and watch it go through the tunnels. And people were amazed by this, even though this was stuff that they could see in their regular life. But now it was on a screen, and there was magic to just being on a screen. By the turn of the 20th century, we had a desire for something different, some sort of magic. And we saw a rise of fantasy films. And uh, Georges Méliès in France is sort of the, the poster child for that, I guess. His films, while often are cited as the first science fiction movies, were really, at the time, would be considered fantasies. Much like the work of Jules Verne. What happened in America was a number of filmmakers picked up on the concepts that Millier had done and started to make these things that were eventually called trick films. Uh, J. Stuart Blackton was sort of the poster child for those. Edwin Porter was arguably the most significant filmmaker of this period in America. He had done the legendary uh, Great Train Robbery as sort of his magnum opus, I guess. And in 1906, he undertook to do Dream of a Rarebit Fiend, which is, in essence, a trick film based on a series of comic strips by Windsor McKay, who would later go on to revolutionize uh, film animation with Gird of the Dinosaur and so many other works. But most importantly, he was able to come out with this wonderful film that adapted this comic strip. The film is a series of tricks. There's forced perspective. There's some wonderful, wonderful prop work. Uh, there's dissolves, there's crossfades, there's all sorts of things going on in it that are just remarkable to see. And they're all just basic in-camera tricks. The thing about special effects at this point is for the trick film, the effects are the reason for the film. And the storyline is secondary, though they're a fantastic storylines, uh, pun intended, because they're things like dream sequences. They're, they're magic. Perhaps the classic one that Millier did and a number of uh, American filmmakers also did is uh, would do fake magic shows where he seems to pull his head off and show it around or uh, make a woman appear out of nothing uh, or multiple rabbits out of a hat. In a way, we go from documenting the real world to making a document of a world that could never exist, something you could never see. Because people had been jaded, they had been exposed to the reality films. Now they were exposed to the majestic non-reality films. And that carries through. Dream of a Rarebit Fiend is just a wonderful film. Jack Braun plays the Rarebit Fiend, and he eats a whole bunch of Welsh Rarebit and goes into a dream sequence. 
and it's just it's a, it's a majestic piece of work when you consider it that there was music played with it and most of the one that we include on the podcast uh, site doesn't have any music has no sound but really with the exception of some art films music was always a part of film music and sound often uh, usually effects there's sometimes theaters had effects people who would do effects for films uh, sound effects and dream of the rarebit fiend does have a 1907 score that was supposedly co- composed around it it's very good watch this film it's a wonderful example of what the registry does to preserve fantastic film and is one of the founder founding documents of what fantastic film is Thanks for listening. This is Registry, a podcast.